Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I'm Editor Connor here, and whatever time zone you're in, you picked a great episode to tune into this week. With college football turning into the Wild West lately via conference shakeups and NIL deals, we're going to take a closer look today about what the future of the Mid-American Conference could look like if we decide to become one of those crazy, mega-massive conferences that seem to be taking over the NCAA. Plus, Benji, Justin, and I dive into some scheduling changes neutral site games, and maybe bringing a little bit more Tuesday night match into your TV. Finally, Benji forgets you can only play one QB at a time when we take a stab at drafting a five-man team full of Mac legends. So strap in, take a sip of your favorite beverage, and get ready. It's the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. And now, Freelancer. Everyone to the second episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. I'm Justin with your co-hosts Connor and Benji. On this week's episode, all three of us will be sharing our personal ideas on everything about the Mac, from expansion to improvements to possible Mac games throughout the whole year and everything in between. How are you guys feeling today? So doing good. Um, th- we got uh, SEC Media Days this week. I was watching a little bit of the coverage today. Listened to Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher Talk. Uh, we have our Mac Media Days live from Detroit at the Fox Theater on Friday. Looking forward to that. And you know, uh, this weekend we with the uh, the British Open. I think it's live from Royal uh, Liverpool. That's always the the point of the summer where I'm just like, excuse my French, but. FBF football is it's 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 here, so can't wait. How you doing, Connor? Yeah, you know it's funny you're you're talking about it's football time, right? I'm over here transitioning from one football to the other, going from soccer season winding down into real football season. So I'm starting to get in the mood, you know, starting to dig out some of the CMU memorabilia from the closet, start to put it up. You know, it's about that time, right? It really is, and it's, it's yeah. funny Funny you mentioned about the CMU stuff. You know, I told both of you guys I was in Talk this past weekend at Talk Brewing Company, and I look up on the wall, and there's a Cincinnati Bearcat and a Tennessee Volunteers helmet there, and I'm like, why, like, what is the connection? And it happened to be our, you know, CMU legend, Butch Jones, because he's from oh, Talk. So we had guy. those... Yeah, so he had those helmets signed and gave them to them. I'm a little disappointed they didn't have a CMU, CMU yeah, one signed. Yeah, what the heck? I don't know. I don't and know. We're no tag on Valley. I know. We're gonna have to tag him. We're gonna have to tag Butch Jones in yeah. this, and he's got to explain. He can come Butch, on if he wants. Butch, come on the it. podcast. We'd love to have you. Yes, absolutely. From Arkansas State. Um, but Big yeah, for him. Yeah. As, as Benji said, Mac Media Days are this week. It's actually on Thursday, July 20th. Um, but we're you can watch it at getsomeaction.com live streamed i think it starts at 10 a.m i believe and um you know we're gonna have all eyes on it um you know we want to see how they 
how they convey with you know going against the power five and what they what plans they have we don't know if they're going to keep it safe or you know come out with something risque or something like that you know like get rid of divisions you know that's something we we're going to bring up here in this podcast today um but you know with the media days we'll find out more information we'll and we'll recap it on the third episode but you know with conference realignment happening every year and the college football landscape changing day by day you either adapt or you get left behind that's just the common world you know and some ways the mac can adapt are establishing are possibly establishing a g5 national title what do you guys think about that um as somebody who loves you know i i think going back i've always because my 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 dad ben pack senior uh he used to be a division three coach uh, for Albion College, he coached running back. So I got to, I remember watching those uh, on, usually around the week before Christmas, they'd be on ESPN, their championships, so like Wisconsin Whitewater and Mountain Union used to always play. Uh, so I'd watch those, the D2 ones, Ferris State, Grand Valley State, uh, Saginaw Valley, those schools, and then they'd have F- FCS with Usually North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Delaware, a uh, couple Montanas. Like if you ever, I'd highly recommend to our listeners if you haven't watched any of those at that time of the year. They're always on ESPN, and they're it's it's pretty electric, uh, a lot of fun, and I think that that is something where you know I love bowl season, but it's kind of gone down, and you know. When you look at uh, our bowl matchups, like we have the Bahamas Bowl with Conference USA, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl with the Mountain West. Um, we have the Lending Tree Bowl versus Sunbelt. We have the Camellia Bowl versus the Sunbelt and the American Athletic Conference. Arizona Bowl versus the Mountain West. And then we have do have the Quick Lane Bowl versus the Big Ten. But all of those outside of the Quick Lane Bowl are group of five matchups. I think it would be go a long way, and I think we're going to kind of transition towards that with uh, a, a G5 playoff, and I think that's really where we need to go. Ideally, I think you have a G5 playoff, and I want to get you guys thoughts on this too. A G5 playoff, but leave an avenue if you have an undefeated like, let's say, a UCF. Well, a UCF or a Cincinnati is undefeated, and they, they should have an avenue to where they can get into the, the uh, Power 5 playoff if so, they go undefeated. Yeah, I, I like that idea, and actually I was going to touch off that when you finished. Um, the idea that I have is, you know, the G5, you know, and we'll talk about this more later about possibly, you know, bumping up conference games to week zero to help this out. But you end the season December 3rd. You know, that's conference championship week. That's championship week throughout. What if the G5 had its own, like, little eight-team playoff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the first two weeks right after, you know, it would be December 10th and then December 17th. You know, the playoff games for the Power Five, I know they're going to get expanded, but they're going to get expanded all the way up to Christmas, right? So you still have that one week in between, even if it goes from December 10th to December 17th. You still have that one week where if they do qualify for the Power Five, that they can still play. 
Um, and, I, and I think it would be beneficial, you know, like, I do see a, I, unfortunately, I do see a, a world where it's just going to be G5 versus Power 5, right? Like, you know, Power yeah. 5 is going to do their own thing, G5 is going to do their own thing. So, I, I, I think we shouldn't cave into the Power 5 thing. We should have our own national title thing, and we should make that precedent. Yes, you want to go compete in that one, but win this one first, right? Or the G5 yes. finds a way to, you know, the G5 champion gets an automatic bid into the Power 5 playoff. I feel like that could be something too. I don't know all the contracts and how that would all work, um, but I think that would be a great way. Connor, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm actually I'm against this, and I'll start out by saying that I do very much enjoy the FCS tournament. If you haven't watched that before, it's totally worth it. It's kind of crazy how many games they end up playing, but it's pretty exciting. It's it's like March Madness where you're watching these upsets happen, and maybe it doesn't happen on the same scale just because that's how football works, right? But I don't want to go into a situation where we're acknowledging that the greater five and the big, you know, power five, there's an actual power difference between the two. And I also don't want it to be, oh, you guys aren't good enough to play with those guys. That's why you have your own tournament. I don't want that to be thrown at us every single time we go play a big school. I think the right way to do this is going to be securing those bowl games where we are playing the third or fourth finisher in a power five conference. And that's going to be a challenge to do, but it is something we could do, but I I just don't see some sort of greater five tournament happening. There's too much money when it comes to the sponsorships with bowl games, right? We'd have to see the bowl system kind of collapse for this to happen. And then the, the other big thing is I don't want to possibly entertain the idea of giving up an out-of-conference game. Because I think those out-of-conference games are one of the primary ways that these athletic departments at these group of five schools can actually stay afloat. Um, We've got all these other sports to take care of, right? And we've already seen them cut from a lot of universities in the MAC. And I don't want to see that keep happening. I want those athletes in other sports to keep getting that ability to play their sport. So that's something we look at risking if we have to take away a game or if we have to change bowl game payouts and revenue. Well, that's well. That's why I was saying that you can keep the schedule how it is. You just add two more games at the end of the season. Like you crown your MAC championship, you crown MAC champion, you crown your Sun Belt, you crown your Mountain West, you crown your, um, I guess the American, yeah, you crown your American, and then you have those the AAC, four, yeah, the AAC, yeah. So then you'd have those four, and then or in Conference USA, um, but you'd have those five play against you know play in a little playoff type tournament you know like number one overall you know that would have been cincinnati not this past year but two years ago uh the 2021 season cincinnati would have had a one seed so they would get the first round by and then they would play you know whoever the or however you can figure it out you know make six teams or something like that right so i i, I don't want to get rid of conference games you can't yeah, the, the Mac can't, the G5s can't. They just can't. I agree with you on that. I do think that there is a way that you can work your schedule in to possibly make something like this happen while still being eligible for bowl games and etc. etc. I don't know how they can do it, but I I agree with your point. We got to keep those non-conference games happen. Like right, like like we said on the last episode. We're going to Michigan State. We're going to Notre Dame. That's going to be so much fun as a fan, and we don't want to lose those memories. We don't want to lose the future of those games. Yes, but, absolutely. But, and to touch off your other point, Connor, I think I don't think the Power Five is that is that far leaps and bounds better than the G5. I really don't. Um, but it's not. It's more about 
it's not about the talent. It's more about the politics of the sport. And yeah, I, just I think, agree with that. Yeah, and I just think it's you know Greg Sankey, the uh, commissioner of the SEC. He's gonna get what he wants. You know, he's him and ESPN are you know two peas in a pod. You know, the, these people are gonna get their mega media deals, and they control the sport. Unfortunately, where you know where like you said, where the money goes, everything flows. So the people that control it have the most money, and they can literally just say, hey, tomorrow, G5, you guys aren't going to be able to be in college football, like be eligible for the college football playoff. They could say that. And unfortunately, I think it would pass because, you know, you just get the Big Ten and SEC to agree on it, and that's it. You're telling me the See, Big 12 and Pac-12 are going to agree against that? They, they probably don't want that, though, because you get that fledgling, quote-unquote fledgling, group of five school who makes it into that final four or something like that Cincinnati. makes their run and they get destroyed because it happens uh but then again michigan got destroyed so i mean oh okay is the big 10 group of five? <laughs> oh, no. oh hot take <laughs> hot take I, uh, honestly hot take. i i don't think we could operate some sort of group of five national tournament i wouldn't mind however yes. conference playoffs top four where it becomes you know that extra week week 15 week 16 or whatever that's open use that and we do one more game to crown conference champions the one and two gets in or one two plus greater three and four in the match so so you're thinking go on benji sorry so i i I agree with that i think a 12 team g5 playoff is not likely but i think if they did a four team or six team i think six team would be good just to get you'd get the sun belt the AAC, the Mountain West, uh, Conference USA, and the MAC, and then one at large. One at large, I, I think the WAC is the WAC at conference. No, coming no, back. No, anymore. They're, I thought they're they lower. Were, I thought they were trying to come back. Well, anyways, I think you know. I think now we're getting to a point like the, the only two other teams I think that are in the still. In, I think we have San Diego State. Be, they're independent um, now. Yeah. SMU and Memphis are still not really. They're kind of in the middle. I think they're going to make the jump here to the to the Power 5 eventually. But outside of that, I think just doing a 4 or 6 team playoff, I think, would work. If you could keep that and keep the Bulls, I think that's where they, they're going to want to move towards so you guys are saying pretty much do a 16 playoff for uh for the g5 to get into that last like playoff spot for the power five yeah i think if a team went what, 14 and 0 15 and 0 from the g5 they they absolutely deserve to be in that you, you know i like i like that idea a lot because you know think of the situation two years ago right it, imagine if they had expanded playoffs cincinnati's guaranteed in right i mean they were third seed yeah, right. I mean, sure. they played, yeah. and they beat Notre Dame seeds, in Indiana. They deserved yeah. it. They deserved that was, to be that in. That was a. They were a legit team. I don't. This is yeah. a different topic, but the UCF team for a couple of years ago, I don't think, was on the same level as that Cincinnati team. Well, I mean, just I mean, they had Sauce Gardner, you know. So, but yeah. anyways, going on. Um, I actually like that though. I, I like that idea, and I think you know that would give a a little March Madness esque to the conferences to the you know g5 conferences where i think it would get more eyes on it because people would want to see hey where is the 12 seed going to go play 
right? Or the 11 seed. But, like, what I was going to talk about with the Cincinnati thing, and then we'll divert back. But, uh, you know, Cincinnati made it, right? Cincinnati was going to make it no matter what. They still have to play in that little conference thing. And what if they lose? You know, they're not going to fall past 12. So they're already in, and then the G- and then the MAC could have possibly snuck one in. Yeah, so the that, G5 could have got two. That's pretty much what I'm going for. Even if it was just four teams instead of just a two-team championship in the MAC, right? If we're adding two at large from either conference to go in and we kept it within the Mac, it means one more win on the champions resume that probably gives you a little more clout when it comes into bull season. And I think other conferences would follow suit with something like that because they I all want so that too. recognition. You want those, you know, new year's bulls. And I think, you know, usually we'll get one, right. One a year where it's a group five team. So, and, and yeah, yeah. I let agree. Them have the resume. Absolutely. And also, you know, with the expanded playoffs coming, um, these teams, you know, the five, six, seven, eight teams are going to host playoff games. You know, imagine if CMU or Western or Eastern snuck in at 12 and they had to go down to LSU to play. You're telling me those fans wouldn't travel to that? Like, that wouldn't be another cool experience? And like you touched on earlier, that's more money. That's more money that goes to the schools, that goes to, you know, Toledo, Bowling Green, Ohio, that they can use for their other programs. So I, I see where you're coming from. I like that idea a lot. Um, but Benji mentioned earlier about um, the conferences changing and realigning. So if go more than Benji, what do you think about conference growth? What do you think the MAC can do? So I think in terms of the, I think the FCS and the and the G five are going to merge here within I would say the next long term, probably twenty or thirty years, they'll probably merge together. I do know that there's a lot of there's a bunch of uh, SAS schools that are some are fully ready to make the jump and they're just waiting. Like North Dakota State, for example, can come is kind of patiently waiting. I know other schools like Delaware and uh, Missouri State are are in the process of kind of ramping up. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. A couple of schools that I think should join the MAC, or I would be aggressive to go after. One, North Dakota State and South Dakota State. They, if you watch the SCS, they both played an SCS championship last year, and it was an awesome game. It was they made the SCS. I don't know why they did this, but they decided that they were going to play their championship game. On a Sunday at 2 p.m. of week 18 of the NFL. So nobody probably outside of those two states really knew what was going on. But there were legit NFL guys on both both teams. It was a hell of a game. Uh, South Dakota State actually won. So congrats to the Jackrabbits. Uh, but I think I would be aggressive in going after both of those schools. Uh, Youngstown State. Uh, Jim Trussell is the president over there, uh, the senator. Uh, I don't know why they're not in the MAC because they have rivalry games. I believe it is Akron. It's either Akron or Kent State. It's Akron. So it's the uh, it's, from, it's the Rubber Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I would I would go after I would go after them, and then either look at a Missouri State or a Delaware. Um, I think all those teams could, especially Delaware. I think. We're already into the um, New England, New York area with Buffalo. I think adding Delaware gives them a, a national rivalry 
they have those uh, the Michigan the lighter blue Michigan uniforms with that classic helmet. So I think those those four um, they'd all they all fit geographically somewhat. I know North Dakota State and South Dakota State they're kind of getting into the Dakotas a little bit. But according if you look up on Wikipedia, um, <laughs> that's their Midwest. So you know I know we're getting into Hunter Dickinson had to run his little mouth. Sometimes I think he should just shut up, but uh, had to run his mouth about the Midwest. So, you know, there's the Great Lakes Midwest, and then there's the Great Plains Midwest. They, they're in the Great Plains part of the Midwest, so they fit as well. Um, yeah, I, I think another team that would, that would be good, um, and, you know, it, it sounds a little bad to say it because, you know, they're D2 and they're not dominant D2, but it's the fact that they have a rivalry already with someone on the Mac, and that's the, uh, you know, Indiana State Sycamores. Yeah, uh, the Larry, Larry Birds. Larry Birds, the Fighting Larry Birds. Um, but, you know, they have a, like I said, they have a rivalry game against Ball State, an in-state rivalry game, and it's called the uh, Blue Key Victory Bell. And surprisingly enough, the series is actually not that, like, it's not that far. Uh, it's not that like far in be in between, you know. Ball State leads thirty-eight to twenty-four, so you know it's only fourteen games. And Indiana State won the last one in two thousand fourteen, and it's a damn shame wow. that it took nine years for them to bring that rivalry back. And they used to play every year from nineteen sixty-five to nineteen ninety-one every year, and That's then awesome. and then for whatever reason they just stopped. They stopped and then played in two thousand two, two thousand three. And then stopped again, played in 2004, or sorry, 2014, and then played, and they're playing again this year. So it's awesome they're bringing that game back. Listen, all rivalry games need to be played, uh, especially Absolutely. especially ones for a trophy, especially a cool trophy yes. like the Blue Key Victory Bell. That sounds just awesome. It does, it does, and we'll link we'll link a picture of the blue of uh, the Blue Key Victory Bell on our socials after this drops. But any trophy game should be played. We need Absolutely. we need more trophy games, honestly. We need more. Like, You're make right. Your, make your rivalry mean even more. Yes. Rivalries are great. Like you don't have to absolutely hate the other team, but there's there's reasons that these things come up, and I don't think it has to be organic. Even I think you could just oh we're fighting over some random thing. I don't even care what it I, is, you, right? Like look at some of these trophies. Some of them are the ridiculous. Michigan, the Michigan Mac Trophy, right? Like that's you it's know, awesome. Yeah, I that like was created. It. Yeah. It was created. It's just an awesome one. That's an awesome one. It makes those games that, like, okay, even if you're seven and five, six and six, or sorry, six and five, or five and f- five and six, you go into that last game against it's Eastern versus Western last game. It makes that game mean more. You yeah, know, it, it makes it mean more. And also, speaking of Eastern and Western, they should create a battle for I ninety four trophy between them. Oh, boy. that would be awesome. You know, I love that. Bowling Green and Toledo have Battle of I-75. Give me the Battle of I-94 and just make it a pothole trophy. <laughs> just make it a pothole trophy. And oh, you know my what? God. I love it. That's awesome. It, I love that. Yeah, I'll see if I can create a pothole trophy and submit it and see if they'll do it. But that's you, you don't actually have to finish it, just like all of our road construction. You just go ahead and put those little barriers and up could, and leave it could, like that. It could be a pothole, or it could be a, a trophy of a bunch of uh, M dot workers standing around in a circle. <laughs> in a what? circle, and like in like halfway into the road, but you can't hit them, or else it's a felony. Yeah, or do a um, um. Actually, you know what the perfect the perfect trophy for it would be the orange barrel cone. 
That's exactly it. Honestly, no that's what we need to mock no up. Orange, around. Yes, orange barrel cone trophy, battle for I-94, Mac, make it. Mid-American Conference, make that. I guarantee you they'll fight for it and love it. And I, you know what? Y- y- people can make fun of it. I would love that trophy. I'd want my school to win that. Yes. It's like my favorite college – so I just get off on a tangent. But my favorite college football rivalry trophy, it's the Floyd Rosedale. It's a pick. Literally <laughs> a pick. Iowa and Minnesota, they hate each other. And they f- play for a, a bronze pick. That's college football. The, the, yeah, there is Give me more rivalry game trophies. There is nothing more college football than playing for a pig. There's nothing more college football than playing for a traffic cone. Make it happen. Yes. Make it happen. Oh, that's awesome. we'll, like, we'll as, get- as we add more teams, right, if we were able to add more teams to the mat, because in my head, right, all the conferences are going to become bigger over time. We're, we're going to see yes. a lot of group of you fives end up moving into power five conferences, right? We, we all know this is happening right now. Um, but some are going to move up. There's some barriers to this, right? Like, I, I'm not sure on the exact figures, but I think it's somewhere around you have to have an average attendance of about 15,000. And I think we all can say that that's embellished at a lot of schools because you put the season ticket numbers, quote unquote, and you add that over to your actual attendance. Um, that's something schools do all the time because there's some of these games where I know it's very, very low attendance. And that but, happens at the pro levels too. You know, they'll say a sellout. You look in the front row, there's a thousand seats. Right, and and that that happens all the time. But that's one of the barriers to being a FBS university. Um, there's some other stuff with money, and that's why teams have dropped. I think, you know, former Mac member UMass, right? They've looked at dropping, and that's something that I believe is happening, or has already happened. I'm gonna have to fact check that one, but they're one of those. I think it's it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't. Yeah, because like Idaho dropped. Idaho dropped because of financial reasons, and that was sad because the Kibbe Dome was a goat stadium. But there's there's some other schools. Like if we could raid the Missouri Valley Conference, right? So that does include yes. North Dakota, South Dakota, right? But it also includes schools like Illinois State, Southern Illinois, the Sokies. They're they're Tony perennial, Romo. yeah. Jimmy and, Grappler, uh, Jimmy Grappler. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Jimmy G. And then the one we talked about last episode that I'm shocked hasn't come up yet: Youngstown State. They're oh, one no, that Benji I've wanted to that. add for ages. Benji, yeah. Benji mentioned that because he asked about the Rubber Bowl. Yes, which which is okay. against Akron. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah. And, no, not, and, and just from paying attention to the NFL draft, I've I've noticed the past couple of years there's more and more FCS guys coming into the NFL getting drafted. I listened to part of my take today. They had one of the episodes they had Dallas Goddard on from South Dakota State. So I think the Missouri Valley is is a perfect. Here's Mac, a yeah. A lot of Mac type schools here's a wild card one and this is kind of a shot in the dark like it, it probably a one in one million but you know if the dominoes fall the right way it could happen syracuse i think syracuse would be a good one i think you know i i don't know how they're gonna look in the acc i don't know what's going on over there don't care because it's not you know it's not the mac um <laughs> but if the acc does uh, dissolves there's going to be, you know, there's going to be six or seven that stay, you know, go to the SEC or go to the Big Ten or whatever. Then there's going to be six or seven that are just going to be floating out there, not wanting to be independent, but wanting to be in a conference. And yes. Syracuse, Syracuse has a ni- natural rivalry with Buffalo. 
You know, yeah, that's a, that's do. a rivalry game right there, ready well, to happen. There's a lot of New York schools in FCS football, a lot. So yes. that's something to consider too. If we were going to go reach out that way, even ignoring yeah. schools like Columbia and Cornell that probably would never never join, but like Stony Brook, right? They're known for a little more for basketball. That's not a bad one. Same deal with Colgate, who's in the Patriot, if I remember right. You know, th- those are schools that would fit in with that New York theme if we did want more New York teams to possibly join in, right? That's good media yeah. coverage. Yeah. And I know yeah. the thing with New York is, and the New England states is, like, they're more basketball-centric, um, but they still play football there. And there's there's college football there that's, I feel like it's it's growing, and but like you got Syracuse, they're not really, they're 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 a basketball heavy school, football they had a good year last year, but they haven't, they're not that special, and they don't seem like a power five school. I know, and that's I like you said that's another reason why I kind of see them as a perfect fit. You remember back in like 1998, you know they had Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb yeah. reminds me of like a like a you know reminds me of that that. Syracuse team reminds me of the Marshall team. You yeah, know, they, the, yeah, they do. So yeah. that, that's where I'm coming from, where I think Syracuse could join. But, yeah, you know, these are just all schools that we think we can we can do, and this is one way. And, you know, Connor leads right into the next segment. You know, he's talking about the media. But, Connor, take it away with the media. Yeah, so I think one of the challenges with the MAC, right, has always been keeping up and watching all of the games, right? So ESPN Plus has helped out a ton with that because a lot of that is broadcast. However, there's got to be a way that we can get more games actually shown on live television, right? Yeah. 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 100%. Um, That's, you know, why not more matching games early on in the season? There's nothing else going on. You're not competing against anything. We, we, yeah. we could do two things, right? Like, I'm cool with starting up Tuesdays way earlier in the year. That, that would be fine by me because we're not competing with anyone. Uh, I don't know about other sports, but we're not competing with anyone in football. And then I wouldn't mind those conference games getting moved earlier, kind of like what we were talking about before, just to make way for other things with either going and doing non-conference later in the season to go get the paycheck or with opening up the ways to do conference tournaments or something like that. I'd be down for either of those things, and I think that would give us a little bit more coverage because we could really use that live primetime TV coverage. We we get maybe a couple of games a year, maybe. I mean, we, the only games we get that so based off CMU, what I know they get this year is they're going to get four uh, television televised games. They're going to get Miss, uh, Michigan State Week One. Um, I think that's either going to be on Big Ten or Fox because it's a Friday night game. NBC because of Notre Dame week three, and then they've got two matching games in November. And so that's either going to be on ESPN two or ESPN. So I know they've got four. Um, and I agree with you starting it early. Cause there's no point in having there's, you know, we brought it up last episode. Um, there's no point in having a, that a Mac conference game on black Friday. Yeah. There's no, mm, there's no reason to, yep. because you're trying to go against Nebraska, Iowa, you can't compete with that. You might as well move that to the Tuesday of Thanksgiving, which, by the way, is a perfect, perfect, perfect stopgap between yes. the NFL Sunday and you know NFL Monday night going into the Thanksgiving NFL. People want football that week. People don't like. I, I don't know why they haven't like. 
I want to know what the TV sets are on that. But the only thing you're competing on that week, on that Tuesday or Wednesday, is uh, basketball. That's yeah, the only I thing you're competing against. I think NBA is on that Wednesday. I know, kind of yeah. now, but that Tuesday, I think there's a couple of games, but they need to go full on that Tuesday, or yeah. I would just move that entire week. Honestly, if they could, I think there's still restrictions that on it. I think you for week zero. There's there's a weird weird rule I know that they're trying to get rid of, but I would just move that entire week if they could to week zero. Yeah, and yeah, I. Either move that entire week or move it back to Tuesday, you know, or move it back to pre-Thanksgiving Tuesday. That's the way yeah. I look at it. And and I, like we mentioned earlier, matching games throughout October, you know, matching games through September. I mean, I think you got to keep the non-conference games on Saturdays, right? You have to keep Notre Dame, Michigan State, all those stuff on the weekends. You have to keep those. But maybe, you know, in October, you jump right into Tuesday. You jump right into it. You have one Saturday for homecoming for the alumni. As tr- as is tradition, but then you just you're all Tuesday, you're all Tuesday and Wednesday, and even from a recruiting thing, not even a money thing, but imagine a recruiting thing. Imagine, um, you know, Kenny Burns coming to sit in your coming to sit in your room or your living room and go, hey, we're gonna have eight nationalized televised games. I don't even think Vanderbilt can say that. You know, I don't think Rutgers can say that. You know, these, these lower-end Power 5 schools, I don't think they can say that. The ACC can't say that. That's for damn sure. So I think that's another recruiting tool that they can use. And I think they could easily use that. And, you know, we ESPN will pick up those Tuesday games. If there's football to air, ESPN or NBC or CBS, they will air it. Yes, you're absolutely correct. So Tuesday, Wednesday, you're only competing against playoff baseball initially early on. And then playoff ba- – and then – you know, then you got the NBA starting, but those are. If you look at the ratings between NBA and college football, college football's king because those early NBA and early and yeah, those early NBA games yeah. don't matter. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think in college football, the NFL is king, but college football, I think at this point, is declared number two, and people will watch matching no matter what, if it's a Tuesday in September or it's a Tuesday in November. Yeah. Plus, hey, we, rise, rise of gambling, right? So yes, now that we have yeah. that Tuesday yeah, night, was, oh, hey, look, there's the game on, and uh, you get sucked into it. I think we've all yeah. been there. I think I, almost yeah. everyone listening to this has probably been there. I want to see what the uh, what the stats are with legalization of gambling and viewership to games. I mean, it's got to be a positive, right? It's got to be a positive ratio of with more states legalizing gambling, they have a higher turnout for sports that the, these people are betting on and if the only sport is on like i want to see what the mac rating is for states that have legalized gambling I, i'd say especially in the midwest right you're getting into the oh it's transitioning to winter time october november where you stop going outside so much and you're, yeah. you're inside during the weekdays yeah, yeah. i could 100 percent see that correlation it starts getting dark at 6 p.m and then whew. today's podcast is brought to you by madsideproductions.com We all know life can get a little hectic sometimes, and with how the past few years have gone, I think everyone could use a second to step back and just breathe. If you're looking for a little bit of a different perspective on life and some mind refreshment to go with it, why don't you go check out madsideproductions.com. 
The man who leads all of our podcast to graphic design, Brandon, he set this up as an art project slash blog website that combines some powerful pieces with a few words of wisdom. I personally love the cyberpunk-esque look of his latest project with some neon pieces that would look great in your City Vibes apartment. You can check out these pieces and more on MadSciProductions.com. What do you guys think possibly about um, neutral site rivalry games? I know this is a hot topic. Um, you know, we have ah. – it's I, I don't like neutral site games to begin with. I do see some of the pros, though, when it does come to a rivalry game, especially for alumni. Uh, you know, Western Central was supposed to play 2020 at Ford Field, but COVID happened and yeah. killed that idea. And from a, from a student perspective, I would have hated it, right? I, I, you know, you look on the calendar every other year, you're up at Central, you're up at Western, you look at when that game's at Waldo, or you look at when that game is at Brian, as at, um, at CMU. Kelly Shorts. So, Kelly Shorts. I, I was going to say Brian Kelly Shorts. Jeez. <laughs> Yikes, indeed. Yeah, but no, when it's at Kelly Shorts, or Ryan Cern Stadium, the factory of sadness, you know, you look for when those games are being played, so you don't want to get that taken as a student. However, from a recruiting thing and from an alumni perspective, would it be better that those games be played in neutral side at NFL games? I mean, I personally want to keep them on campus, but I'm just trying, you know, I'm just trying to spitball some ideas here on maybe how something could help the conference grow. Justin, I I'm I'm kind of split 50-50 on this. So, I I remember going back to 2004 CMU played Eastern at Ford Field. That was a I wild think. game. Oh man, sixty-one. Fo- I just looked it up because I had to. Sixty-one to fifty-eight. Eastern won in uh, four overtimes. Highest-scoring game in that uh, rivalry Incredible. history. Yeah. And so CMU was uh, three and five, and Eastern was. Th- are they were both three and five? That would have been. And it looks like they looks like there was twenty four thousand people attended. So I think I think it works. I just don't want, like to see that many that many neutral site games. I think like the CMU Western twenty twenty. I think that's a great idea. CMU Toledo I think would would absolutely work because you're both. I like. Adult. I agree yeah. with that. I think CMU Toledo would work perfectly as that's kind of more of a home game for Toledo because they're closer. But yeah. Sorry, I'll let Connor go and then... Yeah. Okay. So it all depends on geography. I don't personally want rivalry or giant games to be played at neutral site just because I think that doesn't mean a lot to students and students aren't going to be able to travel as well, right? It's not, especially yeah. on these midweek games, which is probably not what they'd be doing here, but like... Uh, when we were out in Central, or even worse, if you're out Western and a game is in Detroit, that's three hours, right? That, that's not yeah. happening. And and same thing if you're like, oh, uh, we've got an Ohio home game, but it's in Cleveland. That's a three-hour drive for them, too, out of Athens. So I'd want it on games that make geographical sense. So in this case, like Eastern Michigan makes a lot of sense to go play in Detroit as a home game that's neutral site. But there aren't many other amazing options. I believe about, Akron. Akron what, can well, play a home at Cleveland. Well, what about yeah? I was gonna say, well, what about Akron, Toledo, or Akron, Kent State at Cleveland? Yeah, um, those work. Or Miami, Ohio, and Ohio Bobcats in Cincinnati. That makes a lot of sense. 
Um, I mean, it makes more. Don't. It definitely makes more Do, sense. Does so, it, so maybe, does it, doesn't Miami, Ohio, and Cincinnati, don't they play at the Bengal Stadium? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm going to look so. that up. I'm look that up, so I'm going to keep talking. But they play for I, the victory bell, so <laughs> great trophy. Whenever we talk about stadiums, it always flashes into my head of, man, what did that stadium look like in NCAA 14? Yes. And I always try to think of each end zone and, like, that doesn't look like an NFL end zone. Hey, <laughs> if, I have to, if I have to plead to anybody, EA Sports, come on, man. Solve it. Come on. Just solve it <laughs> just drop it i want i let's play it again so so it looks like it it looks like in 2014 18 and 22 and i actually kind of like it how they're doing this they played at paycor stadium which is cincinnati's since cincinnati Bengals stadium okay yeah oh, yeah, I yeah they play, play played at yeah. paul brown in 2014 played at paul brown in 2018 and played at Paul Brown Paycor Stadium in 2022. I like that. You know, honestly, I think that's perfect. Every four years, you know, you go home away, home, you know, you go home away, home neutral, away, home away, neutral. I let's, like that idea a lot. Let's yeah, uh, like let's pitch idea. the idea of Eastern, right? Hear me out here. Eastern playing against Buffalo in Canada. How we feel about that one? Let's go that, to London. You know, not a bad idea. Uh, Put it, put it in, yeah. Put it in London, Ontario. I don't know if they have a football stadium there. That's though. what I'm trying. To, I don't. They have a. Don't they have a team? I don't know. I know they got a hockey team, a good hockey team, but every small town in right, Canada exactly. has hockey. So I don't know. I don't know. Someone do some research and look that up. But that would be honestly, that would be that'd be a fun one. I I think that would be a unique. You know, it'd be it's gotta be the first ever college game in Canada, in the modern era. Right, and you would want to go to that game if you're a student and you're an alumni. Like they could probably sell that first game out for thirty-five, forty k. I I would think at least. Yeah, and you know it is interesting because we have some of these college games that are going abroad now. It's becoming a much more common occurrence. I'm looking at the list right now, and yeah, there were a few that happened. You know, in the freaking nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, right? But it seems like we're going out more with, you know, we had that, uh, what was it, the Big Ten game in Dublin, right? Last year, 22? Yeah, yeah. in Nebraska Northwestern, yeah, they yeah, only yeah. won one game. They couldn't win a game in U.S. <laughs> soil. And, yeah. you know, the, the MAC has played a bunch of games against other opponents like CUSA in the Bahamas before, right? Because we have the Bahamas Bowl. So let's yeah. add some more to that. Uh, I think there was an Australia game a long time ago, too, but can't really remember yeah. oh yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah there was cusa so that was uh rice against stanford in sydney australia so yeah let's add in canada let's get them a game and and honestly you know i think those markets they don't they don't truly care the product that you're getting because who did you just say you just said stanford and rice like yeah that's in australia what year was that that was a uh 2017 game I guess Stanford was still good, but if you look oh, at that, oh, they crushed on, them. They it was sixty-two yeah. to seven. But I'm saying, if you look at that right now on paper, if you told me that like London got Rice versus Stanford, they'd probably be like, "Oh, that's a terrible game." But guess what? They're still gonna go. They're still gonna go. That's the only kind of American football they're gonna get. So I agree. Why not throw a? I don't know. Maybe necessarily a conference game, but you know, maybe like if Notre Dame wants to play Central in Ireland next year. We, we used to have the International Bowl. I, I forget how long ago that was, but that was played in Toronto in the uh, Rogers Center. And that had Mac in it every year. 
I think that was well, like, yeah, it was Mac Big East. They could play that in the uh, you know Argonauts. I think Toronto Argonauts Stadium outside. Um, I know it'd be tough to play that in December in Toronto. Well, it'd be all, all I know about Canadian football at this point is uh, touchbacks don't really exist. So let's not make that mistake. Yes, yes. If you know, you know. But no, I that Buffalo Eastern game in Canada would be would be quite cool. I mean, you could even alternate that. You know, you could put one in Toronto and then put that game in Detroit, right? Make that make that series even for you know a home and home type aspect. So that would that would be cool. Um, you know, I would think, you know, if you had a crossover, like let's say you had Ball State, um, Ball State Toledo, or sorry, not Ball State Toledo. We'll do like Ball State versus uh, Northern Illinois. Put that in Ford Field, or not Ford Field, uh, um, the Bear Stadium, Soldier Field. Yeah, I mean that. Those type of games, I think, as long as they're like, there's not an overabundance of them. Let's say. Yeah, you can't have them every year. You, like, yeah, I, I, I hate, agree. Yeah, I, I personally hate how, and you can't have them. You can't call them neutral site games if they're in your backyard. I I really hate yes. it when, you know, the SEC tries to play off a neutral site game. Like you know, use an example of Oregon versus UGA in Atlanta. That's not a neutral site game. That's a home game. Yeah, like, give me a break. That is a home game. Maybe from a ticket sales perspective of where you get an allotted amount. But what they don't realize is if that allotted amount is not filled, it is released back to uh, the other team. So if Oregon doesn't come through and get all their allotted tickets, it goes to Georgia. Then it's not a home game, or then it's not a neutral site game anymore. You know, then it's a home game. So, but I want to touch back onto. Um, I want to touch back on some action games we talked about, you know, on Tuesday, Wednesdays. And the reason why I want to is I just want to give a, um, I want to give a personal, like a, a memory I had. So I, I want to say it was my junior year, 26, 2015. And it was Eastern versus Central on Tuesday of Thanksgiving. I would never have been able to go to that game if it was Black Friday. You know, we all leave campus on Wednesday, pretty much. Wednesday, sometimes people leave Thursday. So there's, you can have no kids there for that Friday game. But on that Tuesday game, kids might stay. And so I went down to Ipsy and watched that game. You know, seeing you lost, but I will say it was I'd much rather that game be on a Tuesday than a Black Friday game 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. So, I absolutely agree. Sorry about having to divert back there. I just remembered it. Um. But you guys think of anything else that maybe could help, you know, expand the Mac? Uh, any other ideas? All right, I got I got a wild one for you here. So for college basketball, right? We already have this tournament that happens on an aircraft carrier. Now okay. you can't do that in football, right? There's no way that that's going to happen. But yeah, what if we did do a exhibition where it was two different games played at a military base, either abroad or somewhere in the U.S. And we made that a big like Patriot Week or something like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. that you could do you could do that really that Veterans Day weekend. Yeah, that week of Veterans Day. Um, because that's really when the thick of action's going on too. It is. It is, and uh, I don't know if it's this year or next year, but I think Veterans Day falls on a Tuesday this year. Let me check. 
Veterans yes, Day? Yes, I believe. No, it falls on a Saturday. So, you know, yes. in two to three years, it will fall on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So you could, in theory, do a Maction game from a military base. I think that would be awesome. It, it'd be a good way to give back, too, if we have a venue or something. I mean, I, I've been on quite a few bases, and I can't really think of anything that would be, you know, the right size, right? But as a way to give back and to get some media coverage and do some cool cameos, I, I think that'd be a pretty good setup for us. Hey, and you know, yeah, and, absolutely. And anything with the military is awesome, awesome publicity, right? It's, yeah. It's just there's almost nothing negative about it. Maybe outside playing basketball on a battleship because you know that's supposed to be an inside game, not an outside game. But outside that, it's that would be awesome. And that the NFL does does it perfect. I think that they do that whole month, and the coaches are wearing the camo um, NFL gear. I think that's so cool. It's a really good idea. And that I know I every now I think around the week of Veterans Day, they do the NFL box pregame show live from one of the military bases, and it's it's honestly pretty electric. One more one more issue I have with the Mac, and I wish I hope they change it. I hope they change it soon. But when you have important slash rivalry games that get overshadowed by other in-state games, you have to be like the Mac has to be smart about when they schedule stuff. I know it's you yes. know, kind of being a dead horse here when it comes to talking about the Black Friday game, but there's been multiple years where 2018 highlighted CMU played Toledo. CMU wins, they would go to the MAC championship game. No one in the state cared unless you were a CMU fan because the next game, the next day was Ohio State, Michigan. You're not going to be able to compete against that. You're just and, not. And I, but I think you can compete when there. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, oh yeah, you, because the students are going to be there. Yeah, you can easily yeah. compete that, and because there's no other football going on. But and, go and on. I think that's when. When tracing it back to the to the um, neutral site games, where you have a game that Tuesday at Ford Field, there's a game Thursday, the Lions game, and then there's the high school championships and Michigan State, Penn State. I think it's that Friday this year, left Friday this year. But that would be perfect, I think. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna make a correction. That was 2019, not 2018. But yeah, go yeah. on, Benji. Yeah, it'd be. I mean that's that's where I think uh, an example where the neutral site game would really fit in. What do you guys think about protecting rivalry games for Saturday or Tuesdays? What do you think should like should look at last year? Central played Western on a Tuesday. You know, as a student, I'd hate that, right? You want that game to be a Saturday. You want that to be the weekend that you invite all your friends up. That's the weekend's all about you, but. But they threw it on a Tuesday to make money off of it, you know, make think, TV money off of it. So what do you do here? Because from a student, I want that game on a Saturday. I think that I think every team should have every Mac. I don't know how this would work, or if this is something that they kind of maybe they do anyways now. But I think you should have two protected protected Saturday games. One be with your biggest rival, let's say for CMB would be Western, and then one that's protected for homecoming on a Saturday. I I like that, yeah. Protect like a protected rivalry, but a protected Saturday. Like you go into, yeah. you go into the schedule making process for conference, and you say, hey, I want Saturday, 
October 21st as my rivalry game. I mean, this year, you know, it actually works out perfectly for Eastern and Western. I think um, Michigan's not playing that weekend. And so yeah. Eastern and Western are playing that weekend. So, you know, the area is going to, all the eyes are going to be on that game. And I think the Mac needs to learn. I think the Mac needs to do that. You know, I think the Mac for sure needs to. Hey, you know, you look at because again, you're trying to advertise yourself against other against the Power Five. You need to stand out from them. How do you stand out by not competing? Yeah, and I think I remember last year. I think the week we played Ball, seeing you played Ball State, uh, Michigan had a bye, and I believe Michigan State did too. Um, don't quote me on that. I know Michigan for sure did, but I'm not sure about Michigan State. I think. That would have been a perfect week for the Western game. Uh, it was Saturday. I think that was mid October, mid going into late October. That would have been perfect. Um, week before Halloween, I, I believe it was. So, I think that would be would be perfect. Um, I I would prefer the Western Central game to be on a Saturday. I think that's. And for and for our non uh, our non Mac fans that we have, um, I know I got, I got a couple of friends that are listening in Georgia. You, you have to realize that you know if you're if you're at CMU and MSU is playing a big game, unfortunately, probably twenty thirty percent of the students are going to go down to East Lansing because it's only an hour away and party. So you're losing your fan base right there already because you're trying to compete against Michigan State. You know, if, especially Eastern, with Eastern being so close to Ann Arbor. If Michigan, like, if you look at it, would you rather, pl- like, would you rather go tailgate at Eastern Michigan or would you rather go tailgate outside the big house? You're going to go tailgate outside the big house. You know, it's just more fun, more people, the environment, all that stuff. So that's why you got to compete. You got to be like, hey, Eastern, you don't want to have a home game when when Michigan does because you're going to lose your students already to Ann Arbor. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, so, Connor, you got anything to add? Yep. Nope. We nope. rambled for a long time on that. <laughs> we did. We really did. <laughs> That's going to have to get cut down. down. <laughs> yes. Um, how's the time looking, by the way, on it? Uh, we're at about 55. Okay. Well, right, wrap, we'll wrap it up with this fun part. Did you guys do any research on it or no? Oh, I'm ready to go. I don't even okay. need to I'm research. Ready. I'm ready to go, too. All right. With the whole, you know... We'll, we'll end it with this, guys. Fun part. We're going to do a five-round draft of the best Mac players that we think, up to interpretation. Can be best at their at their school at the time. Can be NFL grades. I want you guys to construct it the, the way you want to. And we're going to do a snake draft. And Connor, in the off-screen drawing that he just made, got the first overall pick. Yeah, so... You're on the clock. I'm on the clock. I feel like there's a lot of strategy to this, right? Because, like... I know I know a lot of quarterbacks, right? And I think that's who you guys are going to go for first. So I'm going to actually go completely against that. And I'm actually going to take Western Michigan legend Greg Jennings as my first pick. Oh man. No. I was going to do that cuz of Gumby. Gosh. I, I hate to take a, a lifelong Packer right away, but look, Gosh. Greg Jennings is court college and NFL career. Dude's got to oh be one of the gosh. top picks. That's a great pick. That's a that's a sneaky best first overall pick you can make. God, I, man, okay, Benji. All right, so I'm also not going to take a quarterback. I'm 
One of, probably one of my favorite my favorite offensive linemen of all time. One of my favorite players of all time. Uh, guy, when I played, I miled my game after I tried to. Uh, would love to have on the podcast. Future NFL Hall of Famer, Joe Staley. CMU. I, I thought about him. That was a good pick. Yeah. And I, I knew you were going to go there, Benji. I knew you were. From um, Rockford High School, left I, tackle. I, I knew you were going to go there. And so with my pick, I think it's the most <coughs> obvious pick anyone can make in this situation. And I'm taking probably the second best receiver of all time, Randy Moss. The second best. I mean, Jerry Rice, I think, is the best, but like best oh. in the MAC. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, saying God, second God. best ever oh. in the history of football. Yeah, he was Randy. awesome. See, yeah, I mean, I he's, just, I don't know. I, he's obviously a MAC guy, so he obviously counts. But man, it's Marshall, and I just don't want to do that. I, I'm sticking to yeah. but, but they he did they, win. But they get, they left the MAC because they were killing. They were dominating. I know. I know. I still and, want him back. Yes, and I would I'd take him back with open arms. But you know, they won. Yeah. He won a MAC championship. How can I? You know, how can I say no to that, right? Yeah, I, and, I, I, I agree with you. All right, I Justin. Mean, we claimed him, you know. Just right. my second pick. Oh, we, we absolutely, he is a Mac, Mac guy through and through. For sure. My second pick, probably the best Mac quarterback ever to come out, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yep, good choice. Oh, man. I mean, that's uh, that, that one-two uh-huh. punch. That one-two punch right there. That's 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 a lot of Hall of Fame power. I'm coming at you guys. God, with. can you imagine those deep balls? How many how oh, many I'm touchdowns would Randy Moss get if it was Ben Roethlisberger and they're both college seniors, right? Like they're oh in their senior peak. Oh my God, thirty. Would they, would they, yeah, they would get over <laughs> twenty, right? I mean, they'd have to be Heisman finalists. Randy Moss was a Heisman finalist without a good quarterback, without Big Ben. He could have won the Heisman probably. Benji, oh, you're man. up. All right, so. For this one, I, I I thought about not doing a CMU guy since I already did a CMU guy, but I can't help myself. I'm doing Dan LaFever, QB, Central Michigan University, former Chicago Bear. I thought he would have a better career in the NFL, but he is a math legend. Had over a 1,000 yards rushing, which is like, he had stats comparable to Tebow at the same time. I always call him Tim math- Tebow Light. Yes. Great to play with an NCAA. Dan LaFever. Love to have him on the pod. Too. Love to have anyone that we mention on the pod, so. Yes. All right. So Connor, you're I'm up. gonna I'm gonna get back to back picks and I think I'm gonna make some odd choices compared to what we've done so far. So uh, with my pick here, I'm actually taking a defensive end, defensive lineman. Don't do it. Sutton Smith, Northern okay, Illinois. Good. 30 sacks in two seasons. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he had some crazy numbers in college. And if I'm going to have to play against guys like Dan Fever and Ben Roethlisberger, I need someone rushing him like that. And not only am I taking one defensive player, I'm taking two because I'm taking Khalil Mack right after that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. That's. A, I mean, he, yeah. There's not much to say about Khalil Mack because he just, was just dominant and – the Bears traded a bunch of draft picks to get him from uh, Oakland. What's great is I uh, I was writing down the picks, right, and I picked him, and I literally put Khalil Mack, M-A-C, and then I had to delete it because that's how much it's I've a, had to type Mack out recently. It's, it's a great football name for the conference he played in. 
you know another right. fun thing with him real quick is uh he had the lowest rating in ncaa 14 of a 40 which is the lowest possible overall you can get he had that going in he's talked about it before started from the bottom oh, now he's awesome. here yep hall of fame career possibly some would say it, it it might be there it might be there benji you're up with your third pick okay with my third pick uh, this is where it's getting tough so i'm gonna have to go for a third pick qb another qb Marshall, chad pennington oh interesting that is not who i thought you'd take when you said that okay yeah there's interesting. another qb out there that interesting wow yeah there there was the last my last pick you'll it's between two two guys from the same school so all right one of i think that the other one of them is the guy you're talking about why chad pennington he was one of my favorite players growing up that hey can't say any more about that. Yeah, throw him dimes to Randy for Marshall. My uh, so I've got the next two picks. With my third pick, I'm just gonna seal this draft right here because no one's gonna stop my offense. Give me Antonio Brown. <laughs> I've got the best one-two receiving punch. Before he went live, though. Right? But yeah, yeah. But before before he Vontez got he got Vontez perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Before oh. Vontez Perfect gave him PTSD, it's not fun to joke about. You know, it's it's really sad that, you know, he's he's an alum of our like he went to our school and we can't really claim him because of all the crazy stuff he does. But he's no, an awesome. But if yeah. you take if you take his off the field stuff and just look at the on the field, he's awesome and he's got one of my favorite memories ever. Not as in the Mac, but him as a Steeler when he's got the when he's got the punt return against the Browns. And he goes out of his way <laughs> to just kick the kicker in the face. And that call, I don't know who does it, but he goes, Hurdles, kicks a man. That is one of the funniest NFL calls I have ever heard in my life. If you have not watched that clip, go YouTube that right we'll now. We'll link it. It is we'll one of the best. It. It's, the fu- it's one of the funny because when you watch it, you can see he can literally outrun the kicker and get a touchdown. He literally gave up a touchdown to Spartan kick the punter. It's awesome. Awesome. Um, but with my next pick, I'm finally going to get off offense because you, you can't go full offense. But I'm going to go – I'm going to go Jason Taylor from Akron. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good choice. Know, he was a thir- third-round pick, played 13 seasons for the Dolphins, one with the Commanders, one with the Jets, six-time Pro Bowler, probably a Hall of Famer again. You know, I, th- I, mean, I think I would that s- one's sure. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a f- surefire Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I finally I got an elite pass rusher now for Benji's two two quarterback look that he's going to give us, yeah. and uh, um, to go against Joe Staley too. But yeah, Jason Taylor, he's just a monster. He he, he was a monster in the MAC. He, I mean, to get to be a third round pick from the MAC, you have to be pretty damn good. And sure enough, he was a Hall of Famer. Benji. Okay. So for my, this is my, how many picks have I had? Fourth? Yeah, fourth, fourth pick. Um, so for my fourth pick, got to go with my a cube, another QB slash wide receiver, Julian Edelman. Oh, I like that one. Edelman, Jules. Um, that's my last quarterback. 
but he's a wide receiver too. I like that one. See that that's interesting. So now you can do like gadget plays where you line up in wildcat, yep. but then there's a We're third quarterback. We're gonna do a triple, triple, triple reverse pass. Pass. <laughs> XFL's gonna love you. Is is, yes. is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay. Ooh. I, I'm gonna say no. Hey, but this isn't this is an NFL podcast. Yeah. I, I think all, so. right, all right. Yeah. Iconic, your fourth pick. So I get my final two here, and I think we're gonna round out the offense by taking Kareem Hunt because I don't know if you guys Ooh. remember how good he was with Toledo. Yes. But man, those t- I think it was two years he had. He had like a twenty touchdown season. It, it, he was incredible in college. The dude was an insanely good runner. And uh, putting that speed with the rest of this team, I think that's going to work well. And why not just take a quarterback who's got a little bit of speed, you know, terrorizing us every day, Jordan Lynch, who we've already talked about a ton in this podcast. Um, That dude lives in my dreams and nightmares because on this team. It's all nightmares. uh, Well, on this team, right, leading these guys, I can't think of many better quarterbacks to do it. Ben Roethlisberger, that was a good pick, but. Jordan Lynch getting to run like that on the ground. Oh, Can you imagine man. the read option with Kareem Hunt? Come on, give me oh, that. Oh my gosh! See, Benji, you go, and then I'll talk. I'll talk a little more about Jordan Lynch. But okay, so this is my last pick, right? Yeah. Okay, for my last pick, I'm going. Well, I think probably as a claim for greatest math player ever. This is for the old. Some our older listeners will know this guy's name. Some of our younger guys might not know, but linebacker from Kent State, yep. Jack Lambert. Mm-hmm. Yep. From the st- played for the Steel Curtain in the seventies. All yep. famer. For I sure. think considered the best Mac player, like you said, ever in yep. the history yep. of the Mac. I mean, yeah, he's yeah certified Hall of Famer. You know, four Super Bowls with the Steel Curtain defense led that Steel Curtain defense. It's yes. just, yeah. Yeah, Kent State, too. Yeah. So, I'm going to round it out. Uh, the fifth, my fifth pick and the final pick of this draft. Uh, I was going to go with Jordan Lynch and put him <laughs> at running back as a gadget-type player. I legit was thinking about doing that. Instead, he got picked so he still lives in my nightmares and will continue to live in my nightmares again if i ever had to play this team but i'm gonna go with falcon great michael turner michael the burner turner another another illinois guy um just i mean he ran for over a thousand yards twice i think he ran for over 1700 once we mentioned him in the last episode but he, you know, he was a fifth-round pick to the San Diego Chargers, played four seasons there, then five seasons for my Falcons, two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, he just – it just it, again, if you get drafted in above round six from the MAC, you dominate it, and that's what he did. Yes. There's a reason why he's called Michael Bernard Turner. Yeah, you know, sad thing I'll say about being a Lions fan, that 2000, 2008 season, I remember game one, it's like, oh, Lions are going to beat the Falcons. He f- freaking torched the Lions. And then we, Lions, went 0 16. So. But, you know, all with of the our t- Lions listeners, probably some of the hardcore ones, remember that game. We'll, yeah. put, the, uh, we'll, we'll put the draft resu- results out on social media. And uh, we, wanna let, we want you guys to see, say who won. 
Plus, um, <laughs> you got to see who we didn't pick, right? There's some honorable yeah, mentions so the, that yeah, are interesting. Mentions. We, we right. mentioned it before, but like Byron Leftwich didn't get taken. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, Antonio Gates Antonio played Gates. basketball, only basketball, but oh, he, here's there's a, so many. James, James Harrison. James Harrison. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's a big one. Here's a um, here's a little name for you, but I don't know if you go. You, this would have been right around our time, but uh, Darius Phillips, Western, the kick return yeah. god. Oh yeah, led the led the NCAA twice in return yardage. Is it, hey, Josh Cribs, did he play for? Did he play for Bowling Green? I think he did. I think he did. I'm like 99 percent sure he did. Kent State. Kent State, another Kent State Jeez, guy. Kent State has, has, has had talent. They so, just can't put it together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we talked about them in our first episode so much about how the football culture just hasn't been there. But then we go through these lists and we're like, oh, they are there. They've had a lot of – so they had – they must have had Julian Edelman and Josh Kirby at the same time. No, no, I don't think so. I think Julian Edelman – might maybe one year. Yeah. Maybe one year. Oh, but I mean, uh, Sean McVay. Wide receiver, Miami, Ohio. Is yeah. that our coach guy. pick? <laughs> yeah, that's, see, yeah see, I was going to pick him. I was going to pick him and say he's my wide receiver slash coach. See, we uh, could do – yeah, I was going to say we could do coaches too. Yeah. Miami of Ohio, we'll get into this in a later podcast episode, but their list of coaches that they've had is incredible. Um, and then, you know, one that I should have picked because I got a fond memory of him, but uh, we f- we all forgot J.J. Watt. I know we didn't get drafted yeah. from a Mac school. So yeah. I just don't count just, him. I just don't count touchdown. him. Yeah, he had the one fake touchdown that I remembered. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, oh, for Max listening. Crosby. Oh, Max Crosby. Oh, my That's God. a great one, too. We forgot Max Crosby. Oh, my goodness. But, Andrew Wiley. Yep. Played yep. Uh, O-line for the Chiefs. Look, look, if we had a round six, I would have drafted Lou Nichols. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really would have. How can you not when he's, you know. I, <laughs> what about what about Joe Burrow? Are we claiming him? No, for we're not claiming him. No, uh, no. Okay. It's I, a joke. I think the one that we definitely missed out on that I would have liked to talk about would be Corey Davis and also his late brother, yeah. Titus Davis, because both yes. of them are some of the best Mac players that we've seen in the past 20 years at oh, receiver. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, yeah we missed him one. too. But, I mean, yeah, I, Deontay Johnson's a great receiver. But you can't beat Antonio Brown, Edelman, Moss, and Jennings. Like he yes, hasn't, his absolutely. career has not been that good yet in the NFL to be considered there yet. Do we have a yet. tight end? Do we have a single tight end? We didn't end? draft a single tight end. No. Is there a good one in the MAC that Tyler we can Conklin. remember? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyler Conklin. Tyler Antonio Conklin. Gates, Antonio Gates. Technically. Gates, technically. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're gonna throw this list out on our social medias when this uh, podcast airs, and we want to see who you guys all vote for, and see your comments all that but thank you guys thank you everyone for listening and uh we'll see you next week for another episode maction baby have a great week guys maction